Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Not sure how many matchups tonight we're going to be uh, looking at today, but we will definitely be uh, sneak peeking ahead to Thursday night and Friday night and beyond as we take our first look at the March Madness brackets here in the two guys and a Mike show. Won't be all bracketology, won't be all college basketball. We'll sneak in some NBA, some golf. We'll jump off the sports page as well. We'll check in with little pitchers and catchers report in the spring training. Got lots to talk about here on a beautiful Monday after an eventful sports weekend. The big dog and the coach, producer extraordinaire David Olson, and a host of non-English speaking interns all here to bring you a fine week of sports programming on the two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com, your 24-7 internet talk service. Let's play a little bit of music and then we'll kick this sucker off. I'm only hoping, David Olson, that our non-English-speaking interns last a little bit longer than the interns who actually understood the spoken word. Because that didn't work out too well for us. So I like the new approach. Bring in some people that, uh, you know, no comprende inglés. Possibly there won't be uh, as many early conflicts. And who knows? We might keep them around for a couple of weeks. God bless. They're all filling out their brackets as we speak. And by the way, let me just say right up front, uh, I have an issue. I know most people do this, but I still have a tissue, an issue, with the people that fill out four or five or six or seven brackets. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good in my bracket. I picked you. Yeah, I got five guys. Well, anybody can do that if you fill out five, but fill out one bracket. And I know there are plenty of people that will disagree with me. And I understand it's fun to do, and you get in the different pools, and you got your friends running different things. So I understand. That there's different reasons, but it's it's become a growing pet peeve of mine. And again, uh, I will put out my decry that is rarely heard. Fill out one bracket and one bracket only. Make your predictions one time. And then if you win, then if you do well to me, you can take some pride in it. But you fill out five or six, you know, you win one. The other three are bad. You bragged everybody. Oh, I, I did great in the brackets. Well, who cares? Because you filled out five of them. And here's the other thing. Pet peeve number two. I hate to start off with negativity because, you know, great weekend. Great weekend. March Madness, my favorite sporting event coming the next couple of weeks is the best. Baseball is right around the corner. you got all kinds of exciting stuff happening. It's a great time to be a sports fan. So, uh, you know, i got to stay all positive here, but get the negative out of the way early. My other pet peeve is the people that fill out their brackets and simply put favorites, 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 favorites. And then if the favorites do come through, you know, maybe they end out winning or finishing in the top ten. To me, there's no pride there. There's no prestige. There's no honor in doing that. I mean, we we know there's going to be upsets along the way. So, uh, you know, when you're filling out the brackets, that's part of the fun. That's part of the challenge is look for, you know, that upset special via hunch. Maybe you got a little inside information. You know, maybe you know something about one of the teams. Maybe you watched them play earlier in the year. You got a good feeling about a particular team. Maybe you saw them yesterday. You know, the the last taste we have in our mouth is sometimes the best one. Maybe you saw a team over the weekend that you thought, hey, 
not getting a whole lot of publicity, but they're catching fire. A lot of games last week, the MEX and the SWAX and the WEX and the Tuliax sound like a pharmaceutical convention with some of those tournaments last week. But uh, a lot of interesting teams, a lot of teams we have not seen play before. Some of us watch those games. Maybe you want to pick a couple of those teams. So those are my two pet peeves. One, the people that fill out five or six brackets, and two, the people that just, you know, favorites advance, favorites advance, favorites advance. Come on. Have some fun with it. It's not all about money. Enjoy the tournament. Pick some upsets. You know, get a little creative with it. Make it a challenge. There's my uh, plea to the bracket people out there. And I also, I'll put another third pet peeve out there. We got people already, I'm listening, reading Facebooks, tweets, or whatever, you know, at 8 o'clock on Monday morning. They got their brackets filled out already. That just came out last night. Don't you got to let it sink in a little bit? And I understand the theory that if you think too much, and by the way, let me throw the phone number out here. You want to make some comments on March Madness, your team in, your team not in, seating too high, seating too low, matchups you like. We'll try to break it down as best we can. 888-463-6748, the phone number again, 888 but got your brackets filled out already? 8 o'clock on Monday morning? I mean, don't you got to let it sink in a little bit? And I do understand the whole concept of, you know, don't overthink it. I, I thoroughly understand that. Believe me. I'm a firm believer in that. Don't overanalyze. Don't overthink. Go with the hunch. Go with the first thought. But, man, they just came out yesterday. First game is not, well, I guess, you know, with the play-in game, it does speed things up a little bit. You do got to make your pick sooner. But I'm just amazed that people already got their brackets filled out, and they're talking about it on Facebook. I'm hearing people calling up the sports talk shows, got their brackets filled out. I got to, to me, I got a little swish around the mouth a little bit. You know, it's like, a, it's like going to a wine tasting, which I did last week, by the way, on the arm of my wife. And believe me, I was a uh, sidekick only to a, some place, a, a wine retail shop that had a wine tasting party. Ugh, if I had more time, I could go into that. But uh, brutal! I couldn't tell one wine from the other. It all tasted good to me. By the time I left, I was a happy man. I came back in the store and tried to figure out what wines I tasted. Not a chance, but had a great time. But anyhow, so yeah, yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot of swirl around a little bit. Got to get a little taste. Got to think about it. Got to analyze it a little bit. Got to let it uh, sink in. Got to let it savor a little bit. And again, the playing thing. Now you got to make your picks. You know, normally I would wait till Wednesday, but now we got these playing games, and I almost call them stupid. They're not stupid. They're actually good games. I enjoy the fact that four more deserving teams get in and in any single elimination game. Losing, you're out, winning, you advance in a tournament. Uh, you know, I'm all for it. I'll be watching if I get an opportunity. Some people make fun of the game. I think the play-in game is very, very good. But it does make you uh, fill out those brackets a lot quicker. Puts everything in the fast-forward machine a lot more. All right, 888-463-6748. David Olson, Big Dog, we're still trying to make uh, communication with. His mailbox is full. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Many people have said Joel is full. So, in this case, so, Joel... So, we are unable to reach the big dog. So, so by mailbox full, you are... There's a smile on your face. What are you implying? That, that, that be... means people have been trying to reach him ah, unsuccessfully. Interesting. All right. Well, again, with Joel, you you know, first you check the obits. 
second the crime report, which I did not check. So maybe we better we better go through the uh, Monday morning newspaper. I forgot to look at that. I'm there sure. is a possibility he didn't spring forward. So <laughs> two days late, huh? Two days late. All kinds of possibilities for the big deal. Hopefully he'll be checking it because I know Joel uh, is passionate. And as much as I love the March Madness, I think Big Dog takes it uh, to a completely different level. And he'll be checking it, I'm sure, 888-463-6748. So we'll be going through some of those matchups. Uh, the NIT came out, and I know everybody is anxiously awaiting 6 o'clock tonight when the NCAA women's selection show will be going on. So we get that out of the way. And then you can have all your brackets. I hope you got a nice big icebox because you got to put the NIT, uh, you know, up on the icebox. You got to put the NCAA tournament. You got to put the women's tournament up there and keep track of them all. The next couple of weeks is very. You got to be. Uh, you got to be organized to keep up. Got to be detail oriented. Some people will hire a personal assistant to take care of some of these things. You know, we have a few non-English speaking interns who might be able to be lent out for a small fee. That might be able to do this particular job, but at any rate, uh, you got to, you know, not not just the NCAA. You're going to go into bracketology full time here, folks. You got to keep track of all. I woke up in the middle of the night last night, David Olson, just to tell you how into this March Madness. Is. I, I, woke, I couldn't go back to say I'm worried about Oregon State women's team, who's on the bubble out of the Pac-12, and I'm worried if they're going to make the tournament tonight. It's unbelievable. And then I woke up first thing this morning. My first thought was not get the kids out of bed, not what do I got to do to bed, but I'm trying to figure out how Northwestern, if they come up against Savannah State in the third round of the NIT tournament, how they'll match up with Savannah State's famous 1-2-2 ball press. <laughs> I mean, it's a sickness, folks. What can I tell you? 888-463-6748, the phone number. I don't think anybody's arguing. I don't think anybody's with the number one seeds. I watched a lot of the... Uh, Selection shows. I still got the ESPN show taped. Had a little function last night um, and then came home and watched as much as I could before falling asleep. The regular selection show, I find a little stiff. I find not a little stiff. I feel I find a lot stiff. And I find it very generic. And, uh, you know, obviously it's the first time you find out who's playing who, so that's kind of cool. I barely watch that. I taped the ESPN post show which I enjoy much more, a well-coiffed Reese Davis, a Hubert Davis, the token black on the panel. And by the way, Hubert Davis, uh, he looks like he aged about eight years since last year. I love his analysis. Very, very good. But just from a physical standpoint, I don't know if uh, I hate to kid if there was something wrong. I don't think there was, but uh, Hubert must have had a rough year. Because from last year to this, maybe his brackets last year were bad, but the guy looked like he aged about eight years in one year. But anyhow, you got Hubert Davis, Digger Phelps, who can still get down a little bit. You got a Dickie, uh, I'm sorry, not Dick Vitale on the panel. You got Jay Billis, who is just about my favorite now, knowledge and humor. And then they go via video to a Dick Vitale. So a Dick Vitale full time on the panel, that's a little bit too much, but you get a little video. Increments, maybe once every 15, 20 minutes, they'll go to Dickie V for an analysis. And then you got uh, the equally well-coiffed Doug Gottlieb making his prediction, and he's got that, that touchboard like they have for the political elections. Who's the guy on CNN who's the master of the touchboard? And he, and he, he Wolf, moderated a few of the debates. John, Wolf, Wolf, or John King? Yes. Yeah. No. Wolf Blitzer is a CNN guy, but he, 
He's not a touchboard guy. John King is almost comical, right, in the political elections. <laughs> I mean, he's pointing the thing. The states are getting bigger. The states are getting smaller. The region, I mean, the guy has way too much fun. But he is the master of the touchscreen. But Doug Gottlieb has uh, got the whole touchscreen thing going. And, and thank you to Doug Gottlieb because that was a good watch. I haven't even finished it yet. I, you know, fell asleep, couldn't watch the end of it. But he's picking up upsets. He's picking some surprises. He's not going with the chalk. He's giving you some insights here, making some picks. I'm almost anxious to see who he sees winning the championship, but I think I got through the South region and half of the Midwest with uh, Gottlieb's predictions. He's got upset after upset. And then they would come back to the panel, and none of the panel would even comment on Doug Gottlieb. I think they they think he's crazy, talking about Digger Phelps, Jay Bill. Anyhow, so that's the show I watch, not the regular bracketology show, but the uh, ESPN show, much better analysis. But for the most part, it seemed like nobody disagreed with the number one seeds. Great games over the weekend, great games yesterday, a lot of upsets. Vanderbilt knocking off uh, Kentucky, the number one team, and I think a lot of people would surmise, and I would probably be one of those, that that loss, I mean, they're not going to be able to say they were the Southeast Conference Tournament champions, so that hurts. I don't think John Calipari. I've heard him speak a couple times. I don't think he cares that much about it. He's not a big conference tournament guy. But that law is probably going to help Kentucky. Probably going to help. If I were in Kentucky's bracket, I would have much preferred that they would have blown away Vanderbilt. And maybe coming to the tournament, they are the favorite. I don't know if you want to call it prohibitive favorite. I wouldn't say prohibitive, but they're the favorite. They're the most talented team, but they're young. They're young. Remember, four of their top eight players, four of the top eight guys were playing in high school gyms a year ago. Now, you could say they're battle-tested at this point because they just got through playing a whole season, and you would be correct for saying it. No doubt about it. A freshman in November is not like a freshman in March. So these guys have been through it and yada, yada, yada with the AAU tournaments. I understand all that. But still, it's the NCAA tournament. They're young and they're freshmen. But I think the loss... Getting beat by Vanderbilt is going to be a reminder to those young kids that, hey, this is not a best of seven. This is not a best of five. One and done, my friend. One performance where you don't play badly, but one performance when you play less than your best. And in the NCAA tournament, a hot team can beat you. So that might hurt Kentucky. Great win for Vanderbilt, by the way. Congratulations to Kevin Stallings and the Guys from Vanderbilt, they've had a quality basketball program for many and many a year. They get over the top. They win the Southeast Conference Tournament Championship. That's going to help them huge. They're definitely one of the teams to watch for in the tournament. Their head coach, by the way, an Illinoisan, uh, Kevin Stallings, who I believe played at Collinsville High School. I remember him, and if you think I'm going to say I remember him when he had a lot more hair, that would be incorrect because I remember Kevin Stallings as a player. He was a baller. I mean, he was really good, but in high school, he was starting to lose the hair, which is pretty rare for high school kids. But he looked uh, a little bit more hair than he has now. But but he he had the bald spot thing going and growing uh, even in his high school days. But Kevin Stallings, the Illinois guy, uh, bringing his Vanderbilt team to championship. And, by the way, as a sidelight, uh, Illinois guy, hint, hint, question mark, question mark, did that tournament championship run? I know his name had been mentioned more on the outskirts maybe uh, Mr. Michael Thomas, head coach or athletic director, rather, at the University of Illinois, might be making a phone call down to Vanderbilt. 
if not now, when the uh, Commodore get eliminated, Kevin Stallings might have put his name into the uh, coffer. And by the way, based on previous coaching hunts, and I'm trying to remember who some of the big ones were recently, and I'm drawing a blank, but, well, like Cubs manager, like White Sox managers, those would be two great things where you read in the paper, you know, this guy's rumor, that guy's rumor. Oh, we heard this rumor. He had lunch with this person. And this guy's rumor. Based on the recent hirings of big-time coaches, the media people and the rumor mill don't know Jack. You don't know it. They're completely off base. And, again, we the chalk might show up on this one. I'm talking about the University of Illinois' head basketball coach. You're hearing all the rumors. Oh, it's got to be Shaka Smart. Brad Steven, those are the first two calls. Got all the names mentioned there, Frank Martin, Iowa State, Kansas State, rather. Yeah, well, based on what's happened of recent, again, the media people that are throwing the rumors out there, they're the quote-unquote experts, the insights, that they have no clue what Mike Thomas is thinking. And it's probably going to be a name that we haven't even mentioned. And, again, I'm basing it on recent things that have happened. Robin Ventura for the White Sox? I mean, there are a lot of people pretty connected with the Chicago White Sox, you know, head managerial job. A lot of writers, a lot of inside sources, ex-players, ex-teammates. We heard this name. We heard that name. Nobody had a clue. Kenny Williams is going after somebody completely different. They had no idea. Same thing with the Cubs. Last time I checked when the Cubs were looking for a manager, I don't think Dale Swain was one of the first ones mentioned. So, again, just as a sideline for the Illinois fan, don't get too caught up in the Shaka Smart hysteria. I'd love to have Shaka Smart as coach, but more likely than not, it's not even a name you've been thinking about. Thank you very much. Might be me, because I did throw my name in the hat. North Shore Country Day girls team, seven years. Frost soft coach at uh, Notre Dame for five years. Losing record, but, you know, each year getting better and better. I've shown improvement. Uh, hey. Couldn't hurt. Sent the resume in. I haven't heard back yet. I did get a cell phone call about five minutes ago. I might be. I'll, I will check and see. Maybe there was a uh, text message. At any rate, 888-463-6748. So you got your four number one seed teams. Kentucky getting knocked off by Vanderbilt. Uh, what is it? Three of the top four teams, number one seeds, got knocked off yesterday. It's unbelievable. North Carolina, the Tar Heel getting beaten by Florida State. Congrats to Florida State. Back-to-back, Duke and North Carolina. That's impressive. Leonard Hamilton, what a classy guy. Quality coach. I like his coaching staff, by the way. Because they get the, their coaching staff has got the token white guy. Which is nice, because you see a lot of these white coaches, you know, first of all, the coaching staffs now, you know, these guys got like eight coaches on the bench. It's ridiculous. But Leonard Hamilton, quality, quality coach, has been for a long time, finally getting his due diligence Gets Florida State back-to-back. They win the ACC championship, tournament championship for the first time ever, so congrats. So North Carolina loses, Kentucky loses, and Syracuse lost on what, Saturday? To Cincinnati. So, uh, you know, a lot of the number one seeds, and I'm not arguing, and I don't think anybody else, a very deserved number one seed. One loss on a weekend does not take you out of the picture. So they are deserved number one team. It's body of work, I fully Agree with that. Emphasis towards the end of the season, but body of work. And you got records like 32 and 2, 32 and 1, like some of those teams do, 30 and 2 against the competition they play. It's amazing. I mean, tremendous seasons by all of those teams. And then you got your fourth number one seed, folks, Michigan State. And I, uh, you know, people are used to seeing Michigan State 
at this time of the year. And they're impressed, but I don't think they're impressed enough. And we got to really go back in the the rewind machine, the take me back machine to you know November when the predictions were being made. And this is supposed to be a rebuild year for Michigan State. They lost a ton of play. They had Draymond Green coming back, but basically a fair amount of inexperience. They were picked for what third, fourth, fifth, maybe in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, and they started off playing that way, but uh, you know. Winded forward a couple and a half months, and here they are, tied for the Big Ten championship. During the regular season, they win the Big Ten tournament, beat Ohio State 68-64. Great game yesterday. Not a lot of All-Americans on the ball club. you got Draymond Green and a bunch of good, solid, complimentary players who got better. Tom Izzo did another phenomenal job, and the Michigan State Spartans are surprisingly, and that, that, I guess that's my point, I want to remind everybody how surprising it is that Michigan State, from the start of the year, ends out a number one seed. Absolutely amazing. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll start to look at uh, some of the upset teams. Uh, oh, by the way, during the break, David, I believe, or during my first 15-minute diatribe here, I think Mike Thomas, the University of Illinois Athletic Director, fired the rowing coach at Illinois. So the rowing coach has been fired, and uh, it's pretty much like once every couple of days that they, Illinois will be firing coach. The rowing coach. Not sure of his name. We'll see if we can find out. Has been axed. I don't know if it's the women's rowing coach or the men's rowing coach, but apparently Mike Thomas, the athletic director of Illinois, who had not fired anyone for 48 hours, wakes up Monday morning, says somebody must go, and it's the rowing coach. Very, very controversial. We'll take a quick break. We have the big dog back. God bless. Big Dog and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock. Phone lines are open. Dial it up. March Madness, 888-463-6748. Back in a minute. Back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Ah, yes, indeed, we got the big dog back on the line with us. Our first Monday check-in. Maybe he was filling out the brackets and couldn't join us the first 20 minutes. Let me welcome in my good partner, the basketball craze, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, doing fantastic, coach. Absolutely fantastic. Beautiful. I kind of went on a, a little, I got all the negative out of the way early because it was a great sports weekend the next couple of weeks, part of our favorite time. But I got after the people, A, that uh, filled out their brackets already. Like at 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday morning, they got their brackets filled out. I have issues with that. B, the people. Why, why, why do you have to worry about somebody else does their brackets? I'm not worried. I'm not losing any sleep, but I just like, let it let it sink in. Let it swirl around a little bit. No? All right. Just, I, I'm not. I'm not about to point at somebody how they do their bracket. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not gonna. You know, not gonna get. Uh, not gonna lambast the person, but just a little pet 
peeve of mine. The, the, the things just came out yesterday. Did we lose the dog? Oh, boom, bang, ouch, that hurt. See that? One negative comment, and we lost the big dog already. We'll try to get him back. But, uh, again, it was it was just the people that filled their brackets out too early. It was people that fill out, and you've heard me say this before, big dog, four or five or six brackets. That bothered me. And then the people that fill out, uh, even if they fill out one bracket, they just put all favorites advancing, never look for an upset. Those are my three pet peeves, and I'm going to assume you disagree with all three of them. I could care less how anybody does their their stuff. I mean, the idea that you're going to get upset if somebody fills out a bracket. I know the only thing that would bother me is when somebody fills out 27 brackets. They're like, yeah, I picked a Kelsey, yep. Minnesota, Barber to feed uh, Kentucky. You did not 26 of your 27 picks. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's the only one that bothers me. I could care less if people fill out a bunch of stuff, though. By the way, just so, as a sideline, I want to get your uh, analysis. I've already rambled on way too much of my thoughts at least early but before i forget i just uh our old radio producer kevin Ray, you still with us big dog yeah okay he was at i forget what it's called the great west conference tournament yeah that sounds right and it was held and this is great david olson it was held at chicago state so chicago state here in the fine city of chicago was the host of the tournament but chicago state was suspended for NCAA violations, and they could not compete in the tournament, Big Dog. They were hosting and couldn't even compete because of violations. That's, uh, well, i got to tell you something. It is one heck of a powerhouse, and they'll do anything to win over there. So whatever they were suspended for, which I'm sure was like maybe like giving somebody an extra apple on their box lunch, was probably deserved, Coach. Yeah, that's embarrassing, though. Yes. That's what embarrassing. What did well, State have done to actually get themselves suspended, Coach? Well, we know one thing. It wasn't paying money for good players. We can rule, <laughs> we can rule that out. Was it paying <laughs> money for bad players? Possibly. Okay, but it wasn't for good players. Definitely. We, we can rule that out. <laughs> All right, I had to get that out. I just found that part amusing <laughs> and part uh, tragic comedy there with the uh, a team hosting the tournament, but they are suspended. All right, dog, give me your uh, – you let it sink in. You watch the Reese Davises, the Dick Vitales, the uh, Greg Gumbles of the world. What's your thoughts on the uh, brackets as they have come out, my friend? I, I I didn't look at any of those. I haven't watched anything. I have no idea who's playing who. <laughs> what have you been doing the last 48 hours? I, I My girlfriend showed up in, in the city of Chicago, I mean, in, in, a, in Aurora, I – I have no idea who's playing whom, Coach. None. I'm not Zero. sure. Are you kidding me or are you serious? Uh, what, uh, Michigan State got a number one seed, I heard. All right, so I'm, I'm assuming you are serious here. You don't. You have not even and seen the brackets. Once again, I have not watched any basketball whatsoever, okay? I, I was busy, Coach. All right, let me run it down for you real quick, okay? okay? There you go. All right, yeah. in the South region, Kentucky's your number one team i don't think that's any surprise at all interestingly though in round two they might have to meet connecticut last year's defending champion and a team that almost knocked off syracuse so a lot of people talking about a tough round two game for kentucky why is kentucky an eight or a nine that makes no sense no no kentucky's a one i'm in a connecticut an eight or a nine that makes yeah, no that's, sense that's interesting well you know they're a nine seed but they didn't have a great regular season. They had a lot more bumps in the road than usual. Yeah, but all of a sudden, the last two weeks with Calhoun back, they're playing awesome. Yep. Yeah, that is a pretty low seed for them. 
yeah, that's I just am surprised. That's that's strange. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's an interesting. And then also in the South Region, maybe my favorite first round game. How does Wichita State Greg Marshall and the boys going up against Virginia Commonwealth five twelve matchup? That's a that's a rough uh, Virginia Commonwealth matchup because Wichita State's really good this year. Mm-hmm. And Virginia Commonwealth was uh, average for most of the season, but they have caught fire now playing with momentum. And we all remember a team called, I believe their name was, Butler. We said Lightning couldn't strike twice in the tournament. It was a wonderful Cinderella story. Well, they lived it twice. Can VCU do the same thing, Big Dog? Yeah. yeah and obviously they can do it because they already got half of it done already. But it's the whole team back from last year minus one guy. They they can definitely do a coach. I'll be rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Then you got Baylor and South Dakota State. A lot of people said Baylor could be a one and done. I've seen other people have Baylor in their final four. I tend to go with the latter, but uh, they might meet Kentucky in a third round matchup. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I, Baylor is, is very very much like Ohio State, where they I don't think they played as well as they should have by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Baylor's. I don't think San Diego, South Dakota State's going to knock them out, but they're going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. They, they kicked it in a little bit. You're right. They had, a, I think, 5-5 five and five over, over a 10-game period after a pretty dominating first two and a half uh-huh. months. But, yes. but if you watched them play the last week in the tournament and stuff, they started to kick it back in high gear again. Starting to look like the Baylor team before. They've got uh, the college version of Baron Davis and Pierre Jackson, the transfer at guard. Quincy AC, who looks like he's about thirty years, thirty-eight years old, and should be in the WWE inside form. And of course, uh, Perry Jones the third, very, very good player, All-American. Uh, Perry Jones is phenomenal. Is he the third, or am I getting him confused with someone? I got him right. You got him. He's a third. Okay. Again, a lot of thirds out there, but we never hear about the second. Robert Griffin the third, the Heisman winner. That's that's a junior coach. RG three. What happened to Robert Griffin the second? He was Jones. So he was Griffin Junior coach. They call those guys juniors, not the second. Ah. Interesting. Thank you, Big Dumb. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, number one seed in the West Regional was Michigan State. So they're sending Tom Izzo and the boys out west, and they're going up against Long Island University of Brooklyn. Are you? And Joe Rowanski going to tell our audience this will be the first major upset of the tournament, I ask you right now. Oh, no. No 16s are going to beat any ones this year. Okay. It's never happened, right? A one over a six. A 16 has never beaten a one. It's only happened in the women's tournament, never in the men's tournament. Yeah. By the way, 6 o'clock tonight, uh, I will be having a viewing party at my house if you want to come over. Women's NCAA selection show and... I mentioned that David Olson woke up in the middle of the night last night wondering if Oregon State, a bubble team in the women's tournament, is going to make it in in the West Regional. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, yeah, I'm, really, I'm not really sure, Coach. Yeah, that's, that's, that one, we're on, I'm on pins and needles waiting oh. for that. Okay. you got uh, Now, do you remember, by the way, because they're in the West Region, the team, see how good your memory, the team that I picked at the start of the year, and I still – even though they've been less than what I thought, I still think they could be a team that could catch fire and win the whole thing. Do you remember who I picked at the beginning Stanford. of the year? Stanford. Florida. Oh, I thought you said a West Coast team. Well, 
They're they're going to be in the West Regional. Sorry about that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, the Florida Gators, and they've you know they've been decent. What are they? Twenty-two and ten, something like that. But they have they lost to Kentucky three times, and they've played some good games. They haven't quite hit the level, but still, I think uh, there's a chance Florida could get on a run. Who else is in that bracket? Louisville. Florida, I'm talking about teams that could challenge Michigan State. Missouri is the number two two seed. That's some real good coaches out in that in the Western bracket this year. Yep. So if the if the chalk holds true, you could have Missouri playing Michigan State for the right to get to the Final Four. Pretty good game there. That would be awfully good. Uh, Missouri is a fun team to watch, and without a doubt, they're. And he, and Michigan State is an ugly team to watch. If Miss, Missouri plays Michigan State, talk about a clash of styles. Mm-hmm. That, that would be some crazy basketball to watch. A lot of a uh, lot of basketball between that potential matchup. Both teams got a lot of hurdles to get over. Michigan State's got to play Memphis or St. Louis in the next round if they get by LIU. So, uh, but you're right. If it happens. If it happens, an attractive matchup to say the least. East Regional, big dog, no surprise there. Syracuse is your number one seed. You got Wisconsin, a four seed there. You got Gonzaga out there. You got Ohio State as the two seed. So, again, if the chalk holds, you could have Syracuse taking on Ohio State, another classic matchup. Uh, That would be awfully good. I think we would be happy as fans to get that. Montana taking on Wisconsin, possible upset there. Harvard and Vanderbilt. How about Vanderbilt winning the Southeast Conference Championship? Do you watch that game? Harvard is playing Vanderbilt in yep. the first round. That's a heck of oh, that, that is, They did that on purpose, Coach. That's an SAT matchup. Yeah, they, they did that on purpose. There's no way. They're like, hey, let's hook Harvard up against somebody that isn't exactly really athletic. Well, okay. So we're, we're guaranteed of a... Top-notch academic institution being in the final 32. There will be a backdoor pass in the final 32, Coach. <laughs> yeah, Vanderbilt, by the way, if they keep playing like they are, they, they could go a lot further than that. But they would meet Syracuse in the round of 16. They're the five seed. They'd meet Wisconsin in the second round. Yeah, and Vanderbilt's got a kid that they're calling the best shooter in all of college basketball. Talking about Johnny Jenkins? Yes. Yeah, well, he was he was awesome last year, and then he had a little bit of a slump this year, but he's catching fire again. Yeah, that guy's well, he pure. Was dominant against, he was dominant 10 feet back behind the arc yesterday against Kentucky. My goodness, everything was falling. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll keep an eye on the hot team. I guess there's two schools of thoughts with those teams that get on a run and win the conference tournament. One is, you know, they, they peaked out, and that was their big momentum push, and they probably don't have a lot left. The other is, hey, they, you know, the hot team. You get at a roll at the right time, and what? Last year, Connecticut was a perfect example, right? They went through the Big East and the NCAA. What did they win, nine, ten in a row? They won like 11 tournament games in a row, Coach. So, it's, could it's be. Yeah. Who would be the best? You know, probably Florida State would be the closest comparable to a Connecticut from last year. I would I would say that yeah, a team that, Look middle of the pack in the conference, and then all of a sudden around tournament time, just turn things on and play phenomenal. That that's a nice comparison. Mm-hmm. All right, and finally, uh, North Carolina, no surprise, number one seed in the Midwest. Kansas is your two seed again. If the chalk holds, it rarely does, but if it holds, you got a classic Kansas against North Carolina. Roy Williams against the team he used to coach. 
So that's pretty good. You got Michigan as the four seed and Georgetown as the three seed. I tend to think, and you can analyze it, Big Dog, uh, a little bit later when you actually look at the brackets, but I think the West, I'm sorry, the Midwest might be the easiest regional of all. Yeah, that's off. It, 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 I, I'm going to have to take your word for it, Coach. George Stone is a three seed. By the way, we did hold an office pool, Big Doug. You were not here. We did select for you. I believe we got you Southern Mississippi as your team, and you owe us $25, by the way. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll be getting that to you in a heartbeat. So. <laughs> <laughs> I told assistant producer Randy Myers that he got Iona, and I tried to get 20 bucks from him, and that, that didn't work out too well either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. How did Iona uh, get in the tournament? What's that? Did they even win their conference tournament? They Iona. Win with, yeah. But Iona's in. That's my point. Is why are they in? They didn't win their conference, and they don't even have a win against the top fifty program this year. Okay. Any other teams that we, we've talked about the top end of it on the bottom end of it uh, the uh, Drexel Washington Miami Northwestern Seton Hall some of the bubble teams that did not Drexel didn't make it in Drexel did not get in over I own it deserved it more than Drexel did wait I own it deserves it more than Drexel yeah so what are you arguing about Drexel didn't make it that's my point Drexel deserved to be in the tournament I'm a group. That's gr- my point. The Rex will deserve to be in, and you said they're not in. I'm like, they deserve to be in. You said, but they, you just said. Okay. I happen to agree with you. What, 25-2 and two on the season, right? And they don't make the tournament? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and the knock is, well, you know, who do they beat? Who do they beat? Hey, they're 25-2 and two playing Division One teams. If you look at their schedule, they're not junior college teams. With one or two exceptions, they're not Division Three or NAIA teams and, you know, some other – some of the major schools will play one or two NIA Division three teams early in the season. So give them a break. You know, so what it is, Big Dog, not letting Drexel in is a real criticism to me, lack of respect for the mid-majors or those teams just under mid-major level at Division one, who I think, and I think you think, are good ball clubs and deserve respect to. Drexel went 25-2 and two against those teams. Hey, absolutely, they, they deserve respect because if you don't realize it, Butler and VCU went to the Final Four last year. Yeah. Enough said. So, yeah, exactly. So there's still that old school mentality. Oh, you got to beat a top 50 team. You know what? 50 through 100 and 100 through 150, they're not bad either. Every one of those teams is stocked with ex-all-conference high school basketball athletes. They A lot of those teams are talking 100 from 150, the teams that Drexel's beat. Now, I'm not saying they're North Carolina, but you know what? Their coaching staffs are pretty damn good. They got good young coaches, or in some cases, some veteran coaches who've had success, been there for a long time. And their players are ex-high school all-conference players too. There's a lot of talent around. You go 25 and two, beating Division One teams. I'm with you, Big Dog. They should be in. That's the number one team that's got a great. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm shocked Drexel didn't make it. I was like, no, nah, they'll make it. And there wasn't a lot of Cinderellas bumping out this. There wasn't that big of an issue this year. No, overall, watching the uh, the experts and stuff, you're right. There was less arguing. There's always going to be some, but you're right. The, overall, the committee did well. There was not a lot of controversy. So that's not what I was talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. This year, there wasn't a lot of automatic bids bumped out and give it to Cinderella to oh. cause 
Drexel should have been in the tournament. It's not like there was eight Cinderella bids given up. There, there was two this year. Mm-hmm. So there's they did a bad job if Drexel didn't get in. Well, maybe three because St. Bonaventure stole a spot. Yet when I say steal, congrats to them. They won their tournament, deservedly so. But St. Bonaventure took a spot yesterday by beating Xavier. Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of that, Coach. No. That, that was one of the two that I thought of. Yeah. Trying to remember who the other teams would be. South Dakota State, possibly? It was the the Missouri Valley Conference was the one. No, 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 no. Creighton was going, and they were going to go anyways instead <laughs> right. of Illinois State. So, uh, I'm not, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a lot of that, yet Drexel still doesn't make the tournament. You got uh, the... Now you got interestingly there's so there's four play in games this year. Yeah, and I do not like how could it be a play in game yep. when they're a five twelve or a four thirteen or what or whatever you know that's ridiculous. The the NCA really has to think this out because it kinda it's huh. like when I after I found out that or was reminded that it isn't the six teams that are the playing game, mm-hmm. why should a twelve seed have to play seven games as opposed to the 16 or 15 seed playing six games. Interesting. I think I see what you're talking about. This is kind of odd because I'm looking at the play-in games here, and you've got Mississippi Valley State, Western Kentucky playing, and they're a 16. The winner is a 16 seed. That makes sense. sense. BYU Uh Iona play. The winner there is a 14 seed. A little yeah. bit odd if they're if they're doing a play in game. Why are they fourteen? Lamar and Vermont sixteen, but then you go to California, playing South Florida. The winner of that is a twelve seed. So that's kind of odd. Yeah, I just it doesn't make sense mathematically and practically. It doesn't make sense. Hmm. I, I mean, obviously, you you understand what I'm getting at. Absolutely. If you're a sixteen, oh, you're playing in to play the number one seed. Okay, right. you were the last. You were 65 through 68. Yes. That's kind of what the playing game's supposed to be about. And all of a sudden, now they're having, yeah. oh, yeah, we think we think you're the 12th best team in this region, but you got to win an extra game as compared to everybody else in your yeah, bracket. I completely agree with how do they how do they justify that to a California South Florida? If you're you're right, if you're if you're good enough to win and be a 12 seed, why are you playing the extra game? Yeah, I, I don't understand. So interesting. Interesting. Well, to get some clarity, there's got to be some logic behind that. At least I would think there would be. Our phone lines, if you want to check in, talk a little March Madness with the big dog who's letting it all sink in right now. And uh, myself, who uh, basically did not sleep last night going over all the analysis of the matchups. Big dog, I spent the entire night going through everything. I finally fell asleep uh, when I got to the NIT quarterfinal round in the brackets. I was trying to figure out how Northwestern is going to defeat Savannah State in the round of eight. In the NIT, that was about four o'clock in the morning. So, um, to say the least, I've been working hard. In the NIT, though, huh? Is Northwestern's in the NIT, though. Definitely. What about Illinois? What did they do? Illinois got kicked in the old groinal region, and they did not get an invite. Not even to the college basketball invitational. That was not mentioned. Wow, what a rough year for Illinois. Yep. Yep. Oh, slapping the backside, oh, kicking the groin. You know, when you're down, you might as well give him another kick. But on the other hand. Even as an Illinois fan, uh, Big Dog, I'm assuming, I mean, they didn't deserve an NIT bid even, did they? No, 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 they did not. I was just maybe hoping they'd get two weeks of practice, and I'm sure Shaka Smart would have left VCU early to coach NIT stuff. <laughs> the NIT was down the line. So. Oh, I'm sure that would have happened. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, good. And by the way, before you got on, I, I tried to explain to people that the next Illinois coach, based on recent experience, is going to be nobody amongst the names that you've heard. And I, I try to remember, there's been like three or four big head coaching jobs that have come up in recent months. And, you know, the media experts, the inside sources, the sports talkers, well, we hear it's this guy, we hear it's that guy, we hear it's this guy. No, it's Robin Ventura, the manager of the White. Nobody even mentioned Robin Ventura. Nobody had a clue. All the other hints and the names and the inside sources were full of crap. Same thing with Dwayne Sw- Swain with the Cubs. There's a couple other jobs that had come up. So based on those recent examples, all the Shaka Smart, Brad, Stevens, Frank Martin, Kevin Stallings talk. It's going to be someone we've never heard of. Kevin Stallings? Well, I haven't heard Kevin Stallings. Please, I don't want to hear that one. Vanderbilt just won the SEC tournament, Big Dog. Kevin Stallings played in the IHSA state tournament. Illinois guy. That's not doing anything for you, huh? I I don't know. I I want a guy getting recruits in here. Recruits. Yeah. You know what? I'm the other way. I want a guy that can coach. I want both. I want both coach. Yeah. I really want both. Obviously, you got to recruit. Too much emphasis. Oh, we got to get the big time players in. Got to get the big time players. Well, you know what? Bruce Weber got a lot of big time players. And Bruce Weber's a good coach, too. It was a chemistry thing. But give me a coach who brings in the right kind of players and coaches the hell out of them. That's who I want. I don't that want the flash and dash. I, I don't want the John Calipari swaggering guy who comes in and, you know, they're going to pay $7 million for the guy. I want a coach. Give me a guy, damn it, that can coach down at the University of Illinois who can take the players and figure out which guys are going to fit into his system and make them better over the four years and coach the hell out of them. That's what I want. Yeah, the, the idea, though, that University of Illinois is, do you think we could make the tournament this year? Not at Illinois. Illinois should be, how far are we going in the tournament every single year? They got the best uh, talent base of any school in the country and year in and year out it seems like we picked the wrong they picked the wrong one i'm not i'm not angry I just i just want illinois to rebound coach so this is a real important pick an extremely mm-hmm. important hire well they'll take their time doing it by the way i don't know if you heard or not but mike thomas this morning uh after a 48 hour brief break from firing anybody did release rather unceremoniously the men's rowing coach has been eliminated at university of illinois I missed. I did miss that. Yeah, yeah. So, and from what I hear, Wednesday or Thursday, the tennis coach, women's side. Now, I don't want to spread rumors, but that could be the next one to go. I tell you something. The women's athletic department, of Illinois, is it's strong. They have the fourth best year of any Division One uh, school. Really? Year, though, Illinois, Illinois women's sports are, are, are phenomenal. Coach soccer team, I know very, very good. Mm-hmm. Women's soccer. Up and down the list, they're mm-hmm. actually vying for the the what do you call it, the ESPN Cup for best uh, year by uh, an institution. Excellent. Women's volleyball team for a brief moment in time was number one in the country this year. They, they've had a lot of talent this year. Yeah. Yes. All right. Very good. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. March Madness will be breaking it down all week. Big Dog and myself will be at the Playbook in Niles on Wednesday doing a March Madness preview show. Big Dog, it's also the Bulls against the Heat that night. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And I'm sure at, uh, by the time we do our appearance, you will at that point hopefully have looked at a bracket. I will have looked at a bracket by the time I get off of this radio show. <laughs>
All right, 888-463-6748. By the way, the Bulls taking out a team uh, you might be familiar with. They're called the New York Knickerbockers, and they have a player named Jeremy Lin playing at the United Center tonight, Big Doug. 7 o'clock if you want to tune in. Um, I, I have to be extremely careful and, and sensitive as I say this. I, I have to root for a Bulls win, but just to, to make sure I can sleep at night without getting my throat slit, I have to say nothing but positive things about Jeremy Lin. Interesting. So the best possible night for you would be a Bulls win, but Jeremy Lin going off for like 29-18-13. Yeah, that would, that would sound good, Coach. That would be extremely good. Beautiful. By the way, it is, uh, I believe, uh, Noche Latino night at the United Center. So they're going to be wearing the Los – they've done this for a few years, right, Big Dog? Yeah, they have. They're they going to be wearing the Los Bulls jerseys, which are kind of cool. Yes. And Excellent. just to let everybody know, yes, we they the NBA does realize that the word for bull in Spanish is toro. But they can't do that anymore because for some reason, the NBA was going to get sued because they put – they didn't have the real names of their teams on their jerseys. Mm-hmm. Well, they technically can't sell a jersey that says Los Toros on it. It has to say Los Bulls on it. Believe it or not, coach. Not remember because... that one year they had like they had like the real names, and yeah. somebody was suing the NBA. And you know David Stern, he was able to backpedal faster than Deion Sanders. They got that straightened out quickly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Not a conflict, I'm assuming, with the soccer team by the same name. The LA. Possibly. The L.A. Toros. Maybe that was the issue. The L.A. Toros. Yeah, it's, it's a ML. Huh? L.A. Galaxy. Oh, who are, that's right. Who were the Toros? The the, the 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 New York Red Bulls. Now, there is a Toros soccer team. But at any rate, it is uh, uh, Noche Latino night for the Chicago Bulls. Take on Jeremy Lin and the New York Knickerbockers. Hopefully, the Bulls will have some healthy bodies, Big Dog. The last game they played, a win, by the way. Uh, no C.J. Watson. No Joakim Noah. No Luol Dang, uh, no Rip Hamilton, which is pretty much par for the course. So they, they had like eight or nine guys playing. Jimmy Butler, the rookie, came off the bench and gave him 20 good minutes. But uh, healthy bodies has been a key for the beloved Bull. I don't know if you have any inside sources telling us how Luol Dang's wrist is, but hopefully uh, he'll be able to play tonight. Yeah, hopefully that's going to be all right because it would be nice to have him guarding Carmelo Anthony. So it would be cool to have uh, him on the floor. Mm-hmm. It, it's really amazing. Is this year a lot of Bulls have missed games, you know? But when they play, they play 46 minutes out of the 48. Yep, that, that's the thing. Is if they're, <laughs> I think the players are like, you know, I'd, I I would play coach if you can only run me for 20 minutes. But I'm afraid if I if I suit up, you're gonna have me out there for 45. So I'm not gonna suit up. That is I'm the like, modus operandi of head coach Tom Thibodeau. If you're healthy to play, we're trying to win this game. His forethought into the future is not great, but uh, yeah, if you're healthy, he'll play in. If it means winning the game, he'll play it right into the ground. 48 uh-huh. minutes if it, you know if he needs to in overtime. He'll do it. But we'll see. By the way, speaking of injuries, very, very depressed. Again, a great sports weekend. Very excited about the uh, coming couple of weeks, but very depressed by my favorite new NBA player, Ricky Rubio, is done for the season. ACL injury to the brilliant Brilliant and creative point guard of the Minnesota Timberwolves, big dog. I, I'm not about to. I'm not about to start talking about how great he is, like everybody else seems to be, including you. He was a horrific shooter, but he was one heck of a passer. Yes, that's really too bad because he really needs to work on his game, coach. 
he doesn't need to be rehabbing from a, a knee injury. So this is really a big setback for him, and it's too bad because if he could shoot, he could be great. Yep. Yep. He can score a little bit, but you're right. Pure shooting from the perimeter, not too good. And if people had to respect his perimeter game, can you imagine how good his driving dish would be? Oh my goodness, Coach! Exactly, you're talking. He'd be one of the great players in the yep. league. Yep. But, but but him bringing up the ball on a fast break in the open court, it's fun to watch. He's oh, there's no question about that. Yeah. Yep. And by the way, uh, we we should mention with the ACL injury, in all likelihood, he will miss the Olympic Games. He was Spain's star player, and we held our selection show, our draft for the uh, 2012 Summer Olympics. Big dog, I picked Spain. In the office pool, so I'm really in trouble because Rubio can't play for my Spain team. Well, the only teams that can beat the U.S. are the are Spain, Argentina, and and uh, Yugoslavia. But too bad there is no longer Yugoslavia. There's a Serbia and Croatia mm-hmm. together. They the U.S. but not apart. Interesting. Uh, we just got an email in from Roni Cycli, and he said, "Tell Big Dog to watch out for Greece." You remember Roni? Roni Cycli? I remember Roni Cycli. <laughs> won, uh, won the NCAA uh, championship in 1987. Yep. Was a backup uh, center for the Heat for years. Mm-hmm. He started for him, but I, he was the equivalent of a backup, though. <laughs> Even when he was a startup, or starter, yeah. he played like a backup. Yeah, very good. Played at, uh, where did he play at? Syracuse? Yes, at Syracuse in 87, won the national title. Yep. Yep, a large man with incredibly square square shoulders. By the way, in the he did office, not win the national title. He they lost in '87 to the the Hoosiers coach. Ah, My fault. okay, okay. He's smart. Uh, in the sense. office pool for the 2012 Summer Olympics, we did draw for you since you weren't here, and you are you'll be rooting for Honduras. Honduras <laughs> did not make the the Olympics. Yeah. Okay, twenty the twenty dollar donation will be gladly accepted. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I thought I saw somewhere where Honduras was considered a sleeper team. Yeah, they'll be sleeping. <laughs> that's why they're a sleeper team, because they, they lost and they get to sleep in, huh? And that's there's, that's right. definitely an issue. All right, we'll be nice. You don't have to pay your 20 bucks. But on the other hand, for the Belmont, uh, we're going we're gonna to take your money. All right, 888-463-6748. You want to call in, make your picks. Who's your Cinderella team? You got your brackets picked already. Uh, what do you think about the seedings yesterday? Again, not a whole lot of complaining, everybody. I think pretty cool with the four number one seeds, Big Dog. I haven't checked with you on that, but Kansas, Ohio State, Missouri, all getting two seeds. Michigan State bumped up three teams that lost over the weekend. Carolina, Syracuse, and Kentucky still getting one seeds. I'm assuming you're okay with that. Yeah, I, I was okay with that. I, I I have no problem with North Carolina getting one, and and Michigan State sneaking one. Considering how dominant the Big Ten was this year, they kind of deserved the number one seed. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were going to get it, but that you know they end up getting one. Kentucky and Syracuse did not deserve to lose theirs for uh, losing a game. Honestly, they they were some. They they played 30 games this year of dominance. They deserve the, the number one seed. Yep, completely agree with you. Real quick, got about a minute and a half left. Big Dog and the coach with you all week this week and into the evening on Wednesday night. We'll have more details tomorrow, but you can check it out. Playbookchicago.com is the website to go to for our evening appearance. Wednesday night, March Madness Spectacular. Uh, Playbook 
chicago.com all the info is there dog and the coach will be there at seven o'clock real quick big dog uh, for the cubs fans out there they signed yesterday gerardo concepcion who i thought was the talk show host i used to see on uh uh what's that television los mondes television uh help me out here telemundo yeah telemundo i thought it was but apparently not anyhow gerardo concepcion six million dollars 20 year old lefty ronnie santo if you could real quick tell us the Cubs fans a little bit about Gerardo Concepcion. Well, uh, he likes to work quickly, Coach. He does. Yeah, he likes to keep. He likes to work ahead and out account. Uh, wow. He loves to pitch with a lead. Excellent. Uh, he, he prefers to work quickly, Coach. Really. He likes, he likes to keep hitters on balance. Just out of curiosity, does he like to keep the ball low in the strike zone? He does. Wow. He does, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's a Cuban defector, Big Dog. Do you have uh, any issues from a political standpoint, pro or con, with a Cuban defector now playing for your beloved Cub? The Cubs got the right one because the Cubs keep getting highlights of guys that are running and catching or throwing the ball. Uh, where the Oakland A's, they signed a guy that was uh, that was squatting small children, but he was only moving yes. his leg like an inch. You're talking about Jonas Cespedes. I was the only guy in the world not impressed with Jonas Cespedes because – my roommates were like, Joel, he, you do all that when you work out. I'm like, yeah, I know, and they're making a big deal out of this guy. You know, it was, it was cracking me up. I like, oh, he's jumping over hurdles in one bound. <laughs> they're all laughing. They're like, you said something in the backyard yesterday. And they're like, and you go further down on the leg press machine. So it was funny. Is that all these other pundits were like, did you see that the status dude jumping around? All my roommates were like, dude, you're much more impressive athletically than that, dude. So just throw that out there, Coach. $36 million for the guy. Oakland A's throughout $36 million for the guy. All right, Dahl, we got to talk more, analyze your brackets, and the two of us can uh, re-engage in further argument in about uh, 24 hours, okay? Sounds good, Coach. 23-hour break. All right. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Two guys. One mic, dog and the coach back at you tomorrow. We'll see you at 10 o'clock and don't be late.